You are listening to Primal Radio, the podcast dedicated to combat sports, martial arts, self-defense, and the warrior mindset. And here are your hosts from Hamilton, New Jersey, Jim McCann, and London, England, Tom McGrath. We're back with another exciting show on Primal Radio. Uh, Tom's still out, my co-host. He actually had got vertigo or something shit like that. He was supposed to be back in the studio today, but... uh, He's out, so uh, next week I guess we'll talk about his. He was in the Philippines for a month, and uh, he's training for uh, training out there and doing whatever the hell he's doing. But anyway, Tom, uh, God willing, will be back uh, next week. Um, you can listen to Primal Radio every Saturday night at 9 p.m. and on in UK time and 9 p.m. New York time on HamiltonRadio.net. You can also hear us on Spreaker, Stitcher, iHeart, iTunes, Sonos. YouTube, SoundCloud, Amazon Alexa, and a few others that Tom's got us on there. But um, but anyway, so every week you can find us on those uh, venues. You can download it. Make sure you like it. Let everyone know about it. Uh, the show's been doing excellent. We're heard at Jason over 180 countries all over the world, so it's real positive. Uh, I have a, cu- a couple things I need to promote uh, for Primal uh, Promotions and Primal Gym. Uh, the first thing, geez, I guess it's next week, July 7th, we're going to have a blood drive uh, from uh, 12 o'clock to 4 p.m. Uh, so come on out and uh, give us your blood. And uh, it's for a good co- cause. It's for a dom- uh, the proceeds go to a domestic uh, violence shelter. So, so that's good. Um, also, because there'll be raffles and other stuff there. But uh, also July 14th, the Billy Robinson Classic Catch Wrestling Tournament. Uh, that starts at 10 a.m. and that will be at Primal Gym. Uh, so we have a submission fighting tournament with catch rules, which is very seldom done. Also, that same night, that night, uh, catch wrestling world championships. Uh, former world uh, UFC champion Josh Barnett will be there. Be an eight man tournament fighting in the ring. So we have some top grapplers uh, participating in that event. July fifteenth, there'll be a catch wrestling seminar at Primal Gym. Shit, there's a lot of stuff going on that weekend. Uh, July twenty first at. Uh, Primal, there'll be a CQC JKD seminar. I will be in Delaware July 21st and 22nd uh, doing a close quarter combative seminar with Hawk, Hawkeye Men. Wow, then here we go. August 11th, Primal MMA Fight Night 1 at the Showboat Hotel in the Bourbon Room, uh, formerly known as the House of Blues. Uh, so that's going to be a real exciting event. We're going to be talking about that more today. Um, also in September, oh, excuse me, pardon me, October we're going to be putting on a pro-am boxing uh, card down at the showboat in the Bourbon Room as well. And then November 3rd, Primal MMA Fight Night 2 at the showboat in the Bourbon Room. So that is a lot of stuff going on. And there's more that hasn't made the list yet because of some stuff uh, is up in the air. But anyway, uh, today what we're going to do is we're going to bring on our guest. Now, this guest uh, I've known uh, in the business uh, for, for a, a, quite a while. Um, she's a staple, you know, in the MMA community in the Philly, New Jersey area. She is very well known and very well respected. Let me welcome Helen LaCora. Helen, how are you doing? Hey, how are you? Good. How are you? Good, good. good. Well, I'm glad you could make it in. I know you're, you're busy, uh, as can be doing this stuff. And, uh, and I, I want to thank you for taking the time to do it, but Hey, um, let me make the first. So Helen's been doing this for a, what? You've been doing it for a decade, I guess. Ten years, eleven. I years? think I, I think I, you know I should probably backtrack and figure it out. But I think I'm reaching on on ten years. Either I yeah. just passed it, or I think it's coming up. But it's right. I'm right I'm right at that ten year mark. So I'm like the 
I'm like the OG of MMA in like the Philly area. <laughs> yeah, no, I got you. I got you. That's funny. It's funny. So anyway, I'd like to make, make it out. So Helen does matchmaking. She's been around and been uh, affiliated matchmakes for several uh, different organizations. That, and I'm proud to announce that uh, she'll be doing matchmaking for uh, Primal uh, Promotions. So we kind of came to a, uh, an agreement a couple of weeks ago. And Helen, thank you very much for doing that. I'm very excited to have you on board, uh, the, the team. Yeah, no, I'm definitely, you know, I'm, I'm stoked to be uh, to be able to match closer to home. Right. I've been matching, uh, I've been matching over in Worldstar, which is fun. Um, yeah. But you know, this is it's great. It gives me another platform for some of my fighters from the South Jersey, Philadelphia area. Um, so kind of, you know, I have two platforms I can work with now to keep right. everybody busy. Um, and it's nice, you know, Atlantic City is about 45 minutes away from home, so yeah. you know, it's nice. I don't have to, I don't have to drive home after an event hungover, which is always <laughs> awesome. <laughs> right. No, I hear you. I hear you. Right, well, that's good. So, you're, you're, now, what's what's the event up in Wilkesboro? It's uh, it's PA Cage Fights. It's, oh yeah, uh, Paul okay. Master Salva right. is a promoter. Gotcha. Um, gotcha. and I kind of teamed up with him. Um, I think we've done three events together, so oh, it's a nice. new thing. Right. Um, but yeah, he's he's based out of the Wilkesboro area. We just did an event a couple weeks ago. Right. Um, but it's definitely you know it's a different it's a different area um, up there than you know versus Atlantic City, where you know obviously AC is closer to. South Jersey, obviously, in Philadelphia. Right. So, right, right. It's a right. different, different groups of fighters that I get to work with now for both areas. And again, you know, I've got a lot of schools and fighters that kind of depend on me to keep them active and sure. keep them busy. You know, because you know these guys, these guys don't want to sit six months, you know, eight months waiting for fights. So it's great, you know, I, that I that you were able to provide me with a second. Oh no, it's great. Place. And you know, do you think there's there could be more shows? It seems like look, I used to promote in. in uh, Pennsylvania in um, in the Philly area, and it was American Mixed Martial Art Fight League. We did I don't know, maybe half a dozen shows or something like that, and it was real well. But there was it seemed like there was more competition, and I guess it's kind of filtered out through, over the years because it's a very tough business on all ends. It, you know, it's not the the money that people think that you're making. You know, it's very, very oh tough, no, very it's cutthroat. definitely it's 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 definitely not um it, it's not for the for the faint of heart. No, not at all. Um, you know, and I think I think some people you know you know, get into this business thinking, you know, oh, they're going to make all this money. And it's, you know, it's, <laughs> it's really not, not at it's all. It's not about that. And it's, you know, it's a lot of, you know, following up with people for blood work and, you know, right. placing, you know, opponents if there's an injury and making sure we gets the weigh-ins on time. It's a lot of little tasks that make up, you know, make up an event as a whole. And it's not, you know, it's, I, I love it. It's something that I, I thoroughly enjoy. I'm passionate about, Right. but it's, it's definitely not for everybody. And I think, you know, a lot of people get into this, you know, thinking that, you know, the first event, they're going to walk out with $30,000 or something yeah. crazy. And so, I mean, you know, over the 10 years, I mean, gosh, there's been, you know, I mean, I can think of, you know, six, six promotions off the top of my head in the Philadelphia area yeah. that, that have folded. Right. And, you know, I mean, you know, I think also, you know, for a while, you know, you know, a few years ago, you know, a promotion I was with, I feel like there was a lot of competition and it made it hard when there were so many promotions yeah. trying to run events all at the same time in, you know, in Philadelphia, which there is a lot of schools and a lot of fighters. But sure. I think when there was so much competition, it kind of killed each other out. Uh, no, absolutely. There wasn't the talent to feed the shows. You know, right. I remember now, I don't know if this still goes on quite honestly as much or, but back, you know, 10 years ago, uh, you would have these smaller shows signing exclusivity with these particular competitors. 
which I always thought was a mistake for the fighter. Um, is that still going right. on much now, or is it just that people have a um, You know, fight? on the local scene, it's not. I mean, there was a promotion who was still doing that recently. However, yeah. um, they, I believe, are going for bankruptcy, I believe. Oh, wow. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, you know, it, there was kind of thing, just because there was so much competition, you know, I know that promotions I worked for also were signing. Mostly, the, you know, it was the pro fighters that were being signed. Um right you know, that were only exclusively fighting for that promotion. I don't really see that anymore. And I think that's because, you know, a lot of the fighters, they have so many, you know, opportunities between, right. you know, you know, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, even, you know, you got CES up in New England. Um, you know, you got Shogun down in Maryland. You know, the fighters don't feel that they have to, you know, get locked into a three-fight deal with a local promotion. Yeah. And, and there's, um, there's a lot of, you know, as if, if I was at, a 20-year-old guy, trying, you know, my goal was to go to the UFC, go to the show. Uh, an right. issue might be is that the, that promoter might not get me matched up. And so I right. could go, like you said, six months uh, without uh, Well, and that's, that's exactly what was happening. Big you know, problem. One of these promotions, they were literally signing every pro that, that crossed their path. And there was some, they had some great talent. And, you know, there's, I'm not going to throw names out there, but there were some guys who really had some, some great potential. Right. But because... This promotion, and specifically with signing so many, a lot of these guys sat on the bench, and, and now you know, you know, it's been, you know, now they're done and they're you know over it. Yeah. But you know, they sat for so long and they kind of, you know, they kind of lost interest in it. Right, right. How often? How, how if you were that guy or girl who wants to, how often do you think they should fight? Um, you know, you know, every fighter is a little bit different. You know, I think it, you know, really also determines. It's determined by, you know, how much they're cutting and things like that. Right. I mean, I would think, you know, every other month is right. is good. Now, I've seen fighters who are very aggressive and who are fighting, you know, twice a month. I've seen fighters wow. fighting three times they're a month. They're fighting I twice a month. So you, I'm sorry to interrupt. Don't you think, so if there's a guy who's fighting twice a month, right? Now, if you were that matchmaker, which you are, and you obviously you learned that I had a fight in another show four weeks right. before, wouldn't you be a little... Leery to, I wouldn't. I wouldn't put up them on the card myself, just because it's a liability. Right. And I mean, how I see it with guys fighting that often, especially if they're cutting weight. When you're constantly putting your body through that strain of cutting weight in your constant fight camps, right. It really plays a toll on, on your body. And you know, while some of these guys are young and maybe right now they're able to do it, but you know, you gotta gotta listen to your body. And you know, I say that to my fighters all the time. I and mean, you know, you, you got to listen to your body. You got to, you know, respect your body, and you got to give your body, you know, breaks in between. I mean, with that constant right. go, 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 go. I mean, ultimately, you know, your, your body's going to backfire on you, and that's when injuries happen, and yeah. you know, different <laughs> things like that. Because, right. you know, and injuries, injuries are always going to happen. But no doubt, you know, you, you got to your body's your temple. You got to respect it. You got to listen to it. Right. No, absolutely. And some guy, look, I have, I've had fighters. Um, through the years, more MMA than boxing, to be brutally honest, that uh, were working very hard, but then they ended up having chronic injuries and not being right. able to get, whatever, twisted ankle or bruised rib, what, whatever it might be. And it's usually not always a major thing. It's a lot of little minor things, you know, right. a, a busted up finger. Well, that's, and that's usually how it is. A lot of, you know, minor things. And my guys who, you know, my guys and my girls, you know, who are <laughs> loyal to me, I mean, they actually, I just had this conversation recently. My, my guys and girls know that if they're injured, and they have a, they're on my card. I'll yank them. Oh so yeah. A lot of times they'll fib to me, and they won't tell me that they're injured or they're right. sick because sure. You know, I like I like fighters to get into that cage. You know, I mean, I'm always going to hundred percent no. But uh -huh. 
you know, I, I like them to be, you know, as close to, you know, 100% just for their own well-being also, not just performance-wise. Yeah. Um, you know, so injuries, injuries are unavoidable, but, you know, I think that fighting so close back-to-back, I think it ultimately, I think it backfires. But, you know, I think, you know, every other month, I think that's, you know, that's a good time frame that way. You know, also when you're fighting, you know, back to quickly, yeah, you don't really have ample time to train for each opponent because every sure. opponent's going to be a little bit different. No doubt. You know, you can get into, you know, you can get into a, a fight with a guy who's, you know, who's a brown belt in jiu-jitsu, you know, he's phenomenal grappling. And then you could have another opponent who's, you know, who's an outstanding striker. So I think it's really important to have ample time and, you know, to, to be able to perform top notch, to have that time, to be able to train and, to, you know, give your body the rest that it needs. Right. No, I agree. And I just, cause I, I do a lot of boxing promotions and we'll be doing that program. Right. Hopefully we'll be a part of that as well. And, uh, boxing, you like, you don't take the, the damage necessarily that kind of damage where your joints and stuff are messed up. So these fighters will fight every weekend. You know, we've had, right. you know, literally two, three weeks in a row, fighters going, what my top of fighter scraps got over 300 fights. He's 18 years old. I mean, oh, that's wow. a shitload of fights, isn't it? He's only lost like five times. Um, right. So, but in boxing, you can do that. In MMA, that would just not even be possible on any level. So, but there's got to be a certain number. How many fights would you say? I know you said everyone's different, and I agree 100%. And I see a lot of people, there have been people I've trained in the past who all of a sudden went pro after a couple. What do you think? And I know it's just a guess or a guesstimate, the best of you. How many fights should that person probably have as an amateur before going pro? Eight? Uh, I would I would say, you know, it, it really depends on the fighter. I would say six. Um, you know, every state's a little bit different. You know, yeah. for example, over in Pennsylvania, the commission likes to see that the amateur fighter has at least four four amateur fights with a winning record, and at least one of those fights was under advanced rules. Advanced rules. Now, what's the difference um, between advanced rules? I know the answer, but what's the difference between advanced yeah, rules and regular rules? Well, when, when, you, when you're first starting off as your amateur career, you're going, you're going in under um, amateur um, unified amateur rules, which yeah. is uh, three two-minute rounds, shin pads. You have uh, the gloves on. It's no ground and pound. Once you get three wins, you can accelerate into what's called advanced amateur rules, it's yeah. three-minute rounds, no shin guards, and ground and pound permitted. Right. So it kind of, you know, it's kind of like the progression into into pro rules. Obviously, it's not full pro rules, but it's just kind of, you know, getting them a little bit more acclimated. Right. Um, the advanced, you know, advanced rules, it's still no head kicks, but it's kind of, you know, that progression, so they kind of get a little bit more comfortable. Yeah. No, I, I agree, because, you know, when you're first in there, and you're let just that BJJ guy or that high school wrestler happens to be real good, you're right. Allowing someone on top of you to punch you in the face <laughs> when you're not ready for it is gonna right. It, yeah, and you could seriously fuck someone up that way. You know, you know, or you had an elbow to the face, which you know you can't do. But if you well, could, and that's why, and that's why you know, I know that there's some states that still allow, you know, the, the more advanced rules starting off right out the gate. I think yeah, Delaware, right? I think Delaware is one of them. Mm-hmm. Um, I personally, in my opinion, I think you know, because some of these guys, you get some of these guys in there and they just go freaking ape shit, <laughs> and and they really have no business being in a cage. Right. Um, and that's when, you know, injuries can happen. So, I mean, my perspective, I think that, you know, the regular unified rules and then the advanced rules, I think it's really it's really for the protection of the fighter. You yeah. know, you get a guy in there. I mean, God forbid if they were, you know, allowing head kicks as, you know, amateurs. Sure. I mean, there would be some, 
you know, some devastating injuries, you know, by some of these guys, because they're just not, they're just not there yet. You know what I mean? And that's what, you know, amateur career, it's about gaining that experience, even though it's, you know, it's amateur rules, but you're gaining that, you know, experience inside the cage. That's why, you know, in my opinion, I think, I think six amateur fights is usually for most guys, it's good. Mm. You know, I've seen guys where they went pro, you know, with, with two or three yeah. amateur mm. fights, you know, and then they, you know, they end up, you know, there's a guys now that are, you know, like one in 12 as a pro, <laughs> you know, I'm not knocking them. I mean, they're, right. they're getting in there. They're, you know, getting their cage time, right, you're right. but you know, I think if you, you know, you, you got to take that amateur time and that's, you know, time that, you know, you're learning and you're growing as a fighter. I mean, are you going to reach your top, you know, potential when you make a pro debut? No, it's always, you're always growing, you're always learning, but that amateur yeah. career, that's the one that's kind of like, once you go pro, nobody really cares about it. So you yeah. want to, you want to get that experience in there, get, you know, get as many different kind of opponents as you can as an amateur. Yeah, I agree. And, and, and keep going. It goes back to our, like back to the beginning when guys were, Back in the day, finding that, signing that exclusivity and, not, and only fighting once a year, you're just not going to get where you need to go. There is a time frame, you know, that you have to kind of match. At some point, you're going to be a little bit slower and not quite as dynamic in there. So that that's it. But hey, going back to which I I don't really. How did you, you know, get started in this? Like, how, that's, <laughs> I, you know, that's a big league because this is a male dominated field, right? And and you've got a very strong personality and very assertive, <laughs> which certainly helps. And, you know, but so how, like what, what happened that you decided, you know, shit, I want to kind of be a part of this. And then the, of course the big, like, how the fuck did you do it? <laughs> um, I, uh, I grew up in Miguel who owns team balance. Um, oh, they're yeah, pretty, yeah, sure. you know, one of the, probably right. the best school of Philadelphia, right. if not the top. Um, but we grew up together in, in Philly and, um, you know, when we got older, he, him and his brother, Phil, they had balance, and yeah. back when I, I I got into this, they had a promotion called Matrix, which right. was I running remember. out of Philadelphia. Yeah, sure. yeah. yeah, and and I was like, oh yeah, I'll volunteer. I'm like, sure. I've never, <laughs> didn't know anything about MMA. Never been to an event. No I was kidding. a volunteer usher, and I showed people to their seats. <laughs> That's how I got started. But That's I was like, great. wow. I was like, this is this is really awesome. Like, I really dig this. Like, I really like. I appreciate it. You know you know, the fighters. Yeah. And, you know, when I started getting into this, Ricky, Ricky told me from the get-go, he said, the most important thing about any MMA event is the fighters. You always take care of your fighters and you always respect your fighters, which made right. sense to me. And that's what stuck with me, you know, 10 years later. But, yeah. and I started off as an usher and I was like, wow, this is great. And then it just kind of, you know, progressed. And, you know, it's hard as a female, um, being in this business, and I still get like to this day, I go, oh, you know, guys go, oh, well, you must be a card girl. <laughs> no, I match <laughs> fights. Punch him right in the you nose. You know, and it's still, yeah. you know, it's definitely, you know, I have a friend, she's a matchmaker over in um, Ohio. She's a good uh -huh. friend of mine, Nicole. You know, and it's still, it's still hard for us because it, it is, it's a male dominated industry. Sure. I mean, even as far as female fighters, there's, there's some, but not as many as the male. No, no. So being a matchmaker, it took me, you know, a while because there were schools that wouldn't even deal with me because really? I, was, I was a girl. That's crazy. So after so mm -hmm. you got to our show, would you go to Phil or something and say, uh, "What was the next?" So what was um, the progression? Is what was next after being a, you know, an usher? Um, how do you go from usher well, to matchmaker? That's like going yeah, from garbage well, man. I didn't, to I didn't match. Up. I didn't match for Matrix. Oh, you um, did. I didn't I realize did. that. Okay. No, I didn't match. Oh, for you did. I, I apologize. Okay. Yeah, Andrea Kaplan was actually matching, and her and I kind of, we would kind of, you know. I, I would kind of help, you know, what I could, but I, yeah. I'd never matched. 
Um, but I did like advertising and stuff like that for Matrix, and then I didn't actually start matching fights until um, I joined up with XFE many, many moons ago. Yeah. Um, and then I was matching, I was helping match with XFE, and then also um, a promotion that doesn't even exist anymore out in Scottsdale, Arizona. I was doing amateur MMA matchmaking out there as well. Wow, okay. And so you were, you were just like on the job training, I guess, right? There's no book to how to Yeah, do it, well, so. it was, you know, like I said, it was kind of, even you know, when I started off at XFE, I was, um, I was doing like fighter relations you know, kind of stuff. And I was doing, you know, sponsors and, you know, marketing and things like that. So even there was kind of a gradual progression until, you know, I, I was, you know, able to do some matchmaking. And then since then, that's kind of all I've been doing. Right, yeah. And you, now, so the only was a, the pushback, you know, that you may have gotten from the school strictly because you're a woman. I mean, do you think that was it, it that they said, oh, um, what the hell does she know? Yeah, I, I do. Um, and like I said, it's still, it's, you know, it's not as bad as it used to be. Yeah. Now people I'm just shocked that it even still like, exists. I quite honestly, when you say it's still out there, I mean, it, I just yeah. yeah. It's, I I had I have people. I had a guy just recently. He he messaged me on Facebook. Yeah. And he's like, oh, he's like, you're involved in MMA. He's like, you're not a fighter. And I said, no. And he goes, oh, well, you're a card girl. And I said, no, oh. I'm a matchmaker. And he's like, you're a matchmaker because you're a girl. Wow, I'm like, that's crazy. Okay. That that's nuts. That's but <laughs> no, nah, you know, it's it's. it's that's how some people still are. I mean, right. same, you know, racism is still alive and sexism is still right, alive. Right. So, so the, and you, you know, it doesn't it doesn't intimidate me. I mean, uh -huh. I've got you know my my other job outside of MMA. I work at a car dealership uh -huh. where I run. I'm the, I'm the office manager, and there too, I I deal with all men. So right. it doesn't. If anything, it pushes me mm -hmm. to to succeed and to do better because I I know that I've got people still that are still judging me. Yeah. Has anyone ever said like called you like, hey, what, what do you know, sweetheart? Something like that. Has anything? But he said something that just struck. Oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I, like I said, I had I had a trainer, I had a trainer before, and he goes, he goes, why don't you have why don't you have your boss contact me? And it's because <laughs> I, I he wouldn't would not even respond. He would not deal. And I was like, oh okay. Well, that trainer's now, he's not even involved in MMA anymore, but yeah. what do I know? What do you know, right? What do you know? What, <laughs> what could you know, right? So, it went, so when you're doing all this, and there had to be time, I'm assuming, I don't want to, you know, whether times that you were going to ask, you know what, this is just too much of a pain in the ass, or, or were you so driven that you were able to uh, You know that? what, there's, there's always times, you know, every, you know, every single fight card, there's never a single fight card that goes off of out some sort of <laughs> no, you know, know craziness right um you know and i could you know some of my matchmaker and promoter friends and i will talk about this, like we could all write a book about like the bullshit that happened you should um it, we should it'd be great <laughs> uh, <laughs> but you know there's always some sort of something and you know like you know earlier on like years ago i would i would get so like anxiety ridden because i'm like oh my god people are going to show up to you know weigh-ins late or mm -hmm. you know is somebody not going to return their tickets and i would i would get myself so like almost like anxiety ridden, like almost like a panic attack over yeah. it. And now I'm like, and now I'm so used to it. It's so like, you know, if I, if somebody texts me on a Wednesday, you know, two days before weigh-ins and tells me there's injury, I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> it's just, you know, I'm so used to this shit at this point. Yeah, right. It's kind of like, I, I, if something didn't happen, I'd be concerned. Yeah, right. There's always something no matter what. I mean. Uh... Oh, yeah. And that's, you know, most people, you know, people who aren't involved in, you know, in the business, you know, on a promotional level, they don't think that they just see things running smooth and they don't realize that, you know, two hours before, you know, we're trying to get an eye exam done, you know, for, <laughs> for a fighter or right. we're trying to 
locate a fighter that's lost in the airport and get him over to weigh-ins or you know, no, I know. there's always but it's you know it, you know it's it's the end product that you know seeing the actual event come together which makes it all kind of you know worthwhile yeah. you know chasing after fighters to get the right hepatitis b test and <laughs> you know all of that like the end result seeing yeah seeing a packed venue and you know a full fight card and great fights and you know yeah. the, the ticket you know, the ticket holders are happy and everybody's happy. That's the end result that I look forward to seeing. Right. And then everything else kind of goes away. Yeah, I mean, I've been in, I've had my fighters compete at your shows. And I've gone and seen your shows that you've matchmaked. And they've all been great. I, there was no, uh, and, and what you've done a real good job of too is, look, when your job as a matchmaker is to obviously get, get talented fighters and that are appropriately matched. You know, so either right. fighter has a chance and it can be a very competitive thing um and that's not an easy thing to do you know you got to do a little homework you got to look at these people you got to make sure it's appropriate and then of course you have to serve it up to the state and they have to approve it one way or the other right. so i mean that's not an easy gig to do on any on any level because i know because i was there that you that it, i get it in a boxing and i get it in other things uh well guys well you know we got a guy but they they kind of want you to be a little easy on their fighter in boxing it's called a tomato can i don't know if there's a term yeah, well that, yeah it's super soup can tomato can it's the same same thing right. in you know combat sports across the board you know i i i try to match fairly across the board regardless yeah. i mean i have friends that fight for me i have friends that have taken losses on my card uh-huh. and i tell everybody i don't i will never give anybody a cream puff i'll never give anybody a sure win because I'm not doing anybody any justice. If I'm giving fighters easy, easy wins, I'm not doing them any justice. And, and you know, I also got to think about the people who are coming, the audience, the people who are buying tickets to come to an event. An audience doesn't want to see five or, fights in a row where guys getting, you know, you know, you know, knocked out or submitted in the first round in 15 seconds. Right. They want to see full fights. They want to see, you know, exciting fights. Uh-huh. You know, I get that, you know, if the, fight, if the fighters are matched mm-hmm. fairly. Yeah. Hey, look, even if they are, shit happens. Some guy. Oh, yeah, absolutely. You know, absolutely. But, you know, when they're, when they're so mismatched, it's, you know, it kind, of, it kind of throws the whole event off. You know, again, you know, the audience, they want to – and it's not just, you know, for the fighter that they're there for. They're there to watch, you know, all of the fights as a whole. But right. they want to be entertained. They want to see, you know, you know, fighters going back and forth. And they want to see it going, you know, you know, more than just, you know, 20 seconds into the first round. Right, right, yeah. So when you're looking at these guys, you know, outside, because what you've done real well, and, and it is a relationship business in a lot of ways, you've developed professionalism and re- relationships with uh, many competitors and schools, and that doesn't happen overnight. No. And, you know, I, I, I would like to think that I'm still here because I, <laughs> I do treat everybody fairly. I, I mean, think so, yeah. You know, I've been in this for so long, I and mean, most of my friends, are, you know, fighters or they're trainers. And, you know, I think, you know, I don't know if maybe it is because I'm, I'm a female and a mom, but I kind of, mm-hmm. you know, I, maybe I do coddle people. I might, I might be, <laughs> I might be guilty of coddling, <laughs> but, you know, I, I do, I try to, you know, help everybody as much as I possibly can. Sure. Um, in all regards. I mean, I've, I've had fighters that have slept on sofas of my houses uh-huh. and, you know, I've, I've helped fighters, you know, cut weight. I've, you know, driven fighters back and forth. I've paid for medicals for fighters. Wow. Um, yeah. you know, there's a whole, there's a whole lot of stuff that goes into it and I take it serious. I mean, I have a lot of fun. I really get to meet and work with like a lot of, a lot of really awesome and inspiring people, you sure. know, fighters and trainers, um, you know, and all of them, even, you know, there's, I've got some Amy's, you know, who are, you know, one and O and two and O who, 
who really inspire me just for, you know, the reasons that they're in MMA yeah. um, and the drive that they have. You know, it's, it's, it's awesome. I mean, you know, I'll, I'll use Sydney Outlaw. Sydney Outlaw, who I call my brother, um, he's a 9-3, 155-pound pro. He's fought for UFC contender, Bellator. Uh-huh. But he's probably one of the most inspiring people I've ever met in my entire life just uh-huh. because he is so driven and he's so, you know, that dream is always, is always on his mind right. of where he wants to go in this sport. And it's, it, it really influences me. I mean, my, you know, everything from even my, my diet to what I eat is influenced by my fighters because I see, you know, I see what they go through in camps as far as their dieting mm-hmm. and their, you know, their training schedule. And it, it affects me as a person because I want to be better, right. you know, just all around. And, and they do, they, they influence me. They influence me a lot. I'm really, I really am fortunate to, to work with so many great people and to be here for as long as I have been. Right, right. Which is a look, right. You've been around a while. Now, do you not, do you work out? And what do you do to stay healthy? I mean, is it uh, with your schedule? I, you got I, like, you got a full-time job. You do this, you know, at night you have, uh, uh two kids, right? Yeah. I got uh, two kids. Single um, mom. I mean, I, that's, I just, you got a lot on your plate, girl. <laughs> yeah. I, I go, I go to the gym. This is actually my gym time right now, but I, um, oh, I well, go to the I'm gym. Sorry. I mean, <laughs> Oh no, it's all right. It's a, this will be my just work twice as fast. Day. That's all. There you go. <laughs> um, no, I mean, you know, I try to eat as healthy as I can. I drink tons of water. Um, you know, I go to the gym. You know, as much as I can. I try for sure. five days a week. Sometimes that doesn't happen. That's really pretty good. Um, you know, and then I, I hike as much as I can. I, you know, I was just out hiking yesterday, and then um, I do yoga, you know, like once or twice a week. No ki- yoga. Is there a special kind you do, or is it just? No, no, I, I just take like a class, you know, but, um, you know, I try to, I try to stay as active as I can again. I mean, you know, I think it's important, you know, as a matchmaker, you know, where I'm, I'm dealing with people who take, who take this sport so seriously, yeah. you know, I think that, you know, if I was, you know, like a hot mess and, you know, didn't watch what I eat and didn't ever exercise, yeah. I, I would feel funny about telling fighters that they have to make weight if I'm not even <laughs> sure if you're you know, 300 <laughs> pounds and you're th- yeah, like got- how would they have respect me? Like, right. Hey honey, you're, you're, you know, a freaking, you're, <laughs> <laughs> you're a cow funny. over here. What are you talking right. about? So right. not that I'm a skinny mini, but you know, I do try to, I try to, you know, live a healthy, a healthy lifestyle. Right. The best of your ability. Look, it's it, and being that busy. It is just not that easy to do. You get caught up in stuff. <laughs> I found myself, look, I own a gym. I, I train people constantly. And then, once in a while, you, you'll get on a tear where you're. Ju- I'm just not getting there doing what I need to do because I. Oh, I use that excuse. I'm just so busy, and I, yeah, then I have to snap out of it. It doesn't matter. You just have to get in there and do it because I'm the I'm the guy teaching people. You know, I can't be that fat and strong. Yeah, no, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, no, life happens. I mean, right. You know, and I've I've had fighters. I was talking about. I was talking to Aaron Meisner actually um, earlier today. Who is uh, from. Um, he was a Muay Thai gym in Philly. Mm-hmm. We were talking about one of my Vinny Staglio, who's a phenomenal lightweight amateur fighter who most likely is going to be fighting for us in August. Um, nice. So Vinny's been Vinny has been with me for I, I think it's like six or seven. There's a point like two he didn't fight, and I would harass him. And I I if he didn't block him, remember? Yeah. Because I would harass him at least probably three four times a year like. Come on, come on, let's get back in. You need to fight again. Let's go. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> Just you know, because he 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 had he's really good guy and great fighter. Right, right. But um, yeah, I mean, you know, 
I think, you know, I think it was, yeah, I think it was like two, three years. He was not, and now he's back and he just fought for me recently. Like I said, uh-huh. he, you know, I'm, I'm matching up for the fight for us in August That's as well. Terrific. Great, great. Have you ever had to say to a guy or a girl, and I want to get the girls in MMA, have you ever had to say, listen, man, you know, you need to hang it up. Have, do you have that relationship with some of these people? Have you thought that? Maybe you not said it because is it your job? To, I don't know that answer. Oh, no, I, I, I've taught them. And, I, and it's the same thing. You know, I have a fighter, you know, who, who wins or loses or, wins or lo- you know, loses a fight. doesn't matter. But, I mean, um, you know, and some of them will come to me afterwards and say, hey, you know, I knew we won the fight, but what do you think, in your opinion, do you think I could have done better? And I'll tell them, I'll say, hey, listen, you know, your cardio needs to be worked on or <laughs> I think that maybe you should – you know, work on your striking a little bit. And I'll give them some, you know, names and numbers of some people to contact of, yeah. you know, who would be able to put them in the right way. And yeah, I've seen people where, you know, who they just, you know, at one point they had a lot of potential, but then it just got to the point where, you know, you're getting knocked out every single fight or, yeah. you know, you're, you're, you're getting these crazy, you know, and yeah, I mean, I've had to have a talk and say, Hey, you know, I, I greatly appreciate working with you, but maybe it's time that you, you know, pursue something else. And some of these guys have, they, whether they become trainers or some of them, you know, maybe they go and decide uh-huh. to, you know, work for the for, work for the commission. I mean, there's several people that work for the commission that are previous fighters, previous trainers. Yeah. Now, do you think when, when you tell them that or if you've had that conversation, because the fighter is always the last one to give. I, look, I have a relationship with some, you know, top-notch boxers and who are now just kind of, they're past their prime, and they, they want to do a you know comeback or two. I've worked with some of them, and then you want to say you know, like the same thing. You know, you're doing this for only a couple of grand. It's really not worth getting your brains beat. Well, I think, they're serving you, know, I you think up. In a, yeah. I think in a lot of fighters, it's always it's always in the back of their mind because sure. I mean, I've never I've never fought in a cage uh-huh. or a ring, so I mean, I don't know what that feeling is to get my hand raised. I mean, I can only see and share those moments, you know, from the sure. outside of the cage. But, you know, for a lot of those guys, I think that that is, is such a high for them that even, you know, years, and I friends, you know, who you'll see vets, you know, from years ago, they still, they're like, oh, man, you know, I loved getting there that one last time. Mm-hmm. I think it's always in the back of their mind because it is such a high for them. And it is, it is. like such an outstanding moment, you know, and a victory in their lives that they want, they want to relive it. And I don't mm-hmm. blame them. I mean, some of, of them talk about doing it. Some of them come back. A lot of them, a lot of them don't just because of age or, sure. you know, what happened. Life, life happens. <laughs> life, life happens. You know, and I think, at least my opinion, I think that fighters have only so many good fights in them. They can only take so many beatings, and you never know when that is. Ones that, right. you know, look, you talk to like let's say Roy Jones Jr., arguably one of the greatest boxers in history, and. uh you know, all of a sudden he's losing three or you know several fights and you know, getting knocked out, right. which before never happened. Where was that magic moment when he kind of lost his mojo? I don't know. Chuck Liddell, right? I mean, you know, guys. Well, and I think I think it's hard for a lot of people to, you know, for some fighters. I think they realize that you know it's time for them to move on, but I think for some of them it it it, it is hard to give it up because that's sure. they've worked so hard to yeah. get to a certain point and to to stop or to give up, I think for them feels, feels like failure almost. Right. So, you know, some of them, some of them, they, they definitely should give it up, but, um, you <laughs> know, Look, whether or not they listen known, to yeah. anybody is, you know, I think, you know, I think a lot of it has to do with, I mean, I'm going to talk about men here, but I think a lot of it has to do with the male ego too. Oh yeah. You know, they, they, no they keep thinking, okay, well, I know I lost these three, but I can come back. I can come back. Even though they're kind of out of their prime, but they still, it's just, 
you know, they're still chasing that win. They still, yeah. they still want to get their hand raised. Right, right. Now, do you think um, the girls in MMA? Now, years ago, you know, we had several girl fighters. So ten years ago, we started putting girls on my old show. Um, are they tougher to match? Uh, you know, is there an issue matching? Is there a difference to how you approach it? Um, you know what? It's you know, same thing. I mean, with my girls, I match them as fair as can be. Um, there is, you know, it is kind of tougher. And I know you and I were talking about this yeah. recently. In our area, I feel it's a little bit tougher to, to match up our girls, um, just because a lot of them they they have cross trained together, or there's a lot of affiliate schools, um, yeah. you know, where obviously they don't want to fight each other. Yeah. Um, so it is a little bit a little bit more difficult. Um, and sometimes, you know, there is definitely more female fighters now than there was oh, maybe yeah. three or four years ago. Sure. Um, but it's still kind of, you know, it, it's, you know, I would love, you know, to be able to put together a full, you know, all female oh, fight card. I'm I mean, right that's my dream come true. Right. It would be great. But, you know, but the reality of that is, you know, one, it, it probably would be possible. Two, it would be so difficult to find, you know, local fighters to be able to match for a full fight card. Yeah. You know, where you're not flying people in from all over. Um, but there's yeah. definitely, you know, I'll be honest, I, I love working with my female fighters mm -hmm. because they are, they're so driven they are. and they, they are so appreciative of each and every fight, whether they lose or they win, they're so appreciative that they got that opportunity to get in I there agree. and they're always, and let me tell you, the females, I never have any problems with them when they're docking. <laughs> they are, and I don't know if it's a girl thing or what so. it is. Yeah. But the females, I never have to nag them, and I'm like, oh, "Amen." Isn't that funny? Got girls on this card. <laughs> yeah, right. The, you're, the, they got all their all their shit together. That's true. And I found they do right. I've changed. They do trying to get trying to get you know thirty some men to go to the doctor. Oh, Holy no, crap! Yeah. We don't we don't need doctors. What the fuck do we need? No, <laughs> they don't need eye exams. They don't need no. blood work. <laughs> blood work. What the hell is that? You know. <laughs> no, right. right absolutely. Yeah, but the girls. The girls are always, you know, and I've got several, you know, of my female fighters that, you know, I'm friends with now, and um, they're just always, you know, like I said, I mean, I've got a lot of guys who are outstanding to work with as well, but I feel, you know, with females, because it is it is still becoming more common to have females on court, yeah. mm -hmm. they're just, they're really appreciative of, they are. of opportunities. And, you know, and from a training aspect, in general, now this is a broad brush, so, uh, but in general, uh the females I've trained for, for, for fights, whether it be MMA or boxing or kickboxing, uh, were such great students. You know, they just took it and listened. Uh, maybe because you think because that maybe the ego thing, they didn't have as much of an ego. They were, they were, they were just sponges, you know, so it right. kind of made uh, my life a lot easier. Um, or, you know, sometimes you have another fighter, maybe, you know, a male or something that has trained at several different places and has already knows what's going on. You know, I, don't right. know. I actually had one guy years ago. I won't mention his name. God, I would love to mention his <laughs> name. But um, so I was training this particular individual who is a top notch wrestler. I mean, like Hall of Fame level wrestler. And uh, he was going to make his MMA debut. So he come into the gym. I train him. And we're doing a bunch of different things. And, and he, he, look, he was socially retarded. And he had issues um, with uh, everything. And we matched him up. And somehow uh, the commissioner of PA had um, denied the fight. There was something happened. I don't remember exactly. So he goes off on me. 
you know, I'm not doing my job. This people are going to come train with you because I train with you and blah blah. He this whole litany of things how he's saving MMA. It was delusional too. But uh, so then I just said uh, after his him yelling it, uh, so to speak, I said, you know. I don't think this is a love connection. I think, you know, we can work together. It's not you, it's me. I'm not ready for this relationship, right. you know, because he was causing so many problems. He was so full of himself uh, on every level. And, and I don't know whatever happened to him. I, I, he moved away. He's, he's in Florida now. But it was a real disaster for this guy to come in the gym as opposed to, you know, when I have often a, a new girl or even a girl that's been around there. Certainly. Oh, there's, de- there's, definitely, there's definitely the hot messes of this, of this industry oh, who no you know, who they, they don't listen to the corner of the cage and they, you know, they kind of gym hop from, you know, gym to gym. Those guys right. typically, they don't, I mean, normally anyway, those are the guys that, you know, they maybe they'll have a couple of enemy fights. Maybe they go pro, but normally the guys that, that lack that strong um, team background, that's they good. usually yeah. kind of, they fizzle out. You know, and that's, you know, Sydney, Sydney Outlaw, him and I had this conversation years ago about, uh-huh. you know, having a team mentality, you know, and that's, I mean, you know, from my perspective, you know, in order to get you to that next level, whether it's pro or, you know, Bellator, UFC, you know, you're only as strong as, as the team that backs you, yeah. you know, and I've seen, God, oh my God, I had fighters, fighters that showed up, you know, to events with the corners wouldn't show up and corner them. Yeah, and I would end I've, up cornering fighters wow. because it wasn't convenient <clears throat> for their corner to, to come 45 minutes or, sure. you know, whatever, whatever it was, I'm thinking, why the fuck are you with this team? Sure. That's why you, you, know, you know, I, you're right. I think as much as MMA is an individual performance at the end, it is very much a team sport. It, these people become your family. They're so important to your growth, you know, that it is necessary for that to happen. And I agree 100%. Those guys or girls who are jumping around they, and they're just missing. They keep swinging and missing. They're fouling the ball off, you know, it's because they don't have that structure. They're all over right. the place. And you've seen it. You've and seen it not, firsthand. And it's, just, and it's just it's not just a matter of, you know, being with, like, the big schools, like, you know, Balancer, sure. or, you know, Henzo, which I'm not knocking, you know, I'm, I'm friends with all those people. Right. But it's a matter of finding a team that that you, you feel that support system and that you feel comfortable with. Right. And that's what's going to, you know, that's what's going to do it for you. You know, if you're, if you're a fighter and, you know, you're cutting weight and you're sitting in the sauna by yourself, I mean, I can't tell you how many times I have fighters who I'm, like, you know, talking to them or I'm, you know, like, running around with them because nobody from the team would even come and help help the poor guy cut weight. Right. That's terrible. And that is, it's yeah. a lonely place to be when you're about to go get in a cage and have some guy trying to beat your brains in, you know? And, and it's, amazing, it's amazing how many times I've seen it happen at pro and amateur level where these guys show up and not a single corner. Wow. That is amazing. So then, mm-hmm. then and I mean, so you have to find you, someone who's willing to work it, I guess, at that time, right? Yeah, absolutely. You have to find somebody to wrap their hands. You got to find somebody to corner them. I mean, and these guys that you know I have seen recently, they're not even fighting anymore. And I think a lot of it comes down to because they didn't have, they didn't have, you know, the support system. They didn't have that strong team backing them up. Right, right. So, so when you're matching an event, Helen, um, uh, more than obviously the talent, right? There's more than uh, you can see a guy or a girl who's fantastic. What else you look for when you're matching? Is it that team support that their their structure behind does help? I mean, well, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You know, I, I you know when I am matching, you know, I, I want to look for you know fighters that one I know aren't going to yeah. aren't going to bitch out on me. Right. You know, you know, <laughs> you know. For example, you know, right now I'm working with you know I think I've got four or five guys from Nick Catone's school. Yeah. Obviously, Nick Nick Catone is is legit. 
you know, right. anybody that he gives me, I don't second guess. I'm like, these guys are going to get their shit done. These guys are going to show up and these guys are ready to fight. Yeah. You know, I look for that. You know, I look for, you know, you know, fighters who are going to communicate well with me. You know, if a fighter fighter starts, you know, getting a little little funky on their communication where they're taking them three, mm. four, five days to get back to me, that to me sends up a red flag. Right. You know, there's a, there's a lot to look for. You know, there's you know, because there's so many different things. I mean, they have to get done before the event. I mean, I want to be able to put on exciting fights, so I try to match guys who. You know, who I think, okay, well, this guy, you know, has got this and this guy's this. And, you know, there's a whole lot that goes into it because, you know, ultimately I, I want everybody to be satisfied. I want the fighters to have a good experience and I want them to come back and fight for me again. And you want the ticket holders to, to have a good experience. You don't want them to leave and go, God, fuck, I just spent 50 bucks on a sure. ticket and, you know, the fight sucked. Right. You want everybody, it's you know, so there's a lot that goes into it. They'll you know, tell everybody, everybody that too. That I went to you, you know, Helen's card and the fight was the fights were terrible. They'll tell everybody. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. You know, it's the same thing, you know, if you got fighters and you know you know, I don't know, you know, they're they're losing every fight or and not just that, but you know, if they, they come in and they just don't feel that they're you know, they don't feel that they're appreciated or respected. I mean, yeah. news, you know, shit like that travels real quick. Oh, no doubt. So what, what, draw, what draws them in? So after the match, what do you, do you think there are fans that will go to anything or the fans that really kind of just go to that one particular show because they've consistently put on good events, is it? Um, you know, I think that there is some, um, you know, fan base that does, you know, they do stay loyal to certain promotions. I mean, yeah. obviously, majority of ticket holders are there for a specific, specific team, Absolutely. specific fighter. Yeah, you're a fool if you um, don't but, think that. <laughs> yeah. But I definitely have seen, you know, and I'm friends with, like, some people, like, on Facebook that, you know, used to come to my events at Sands Casino or at mm-hmm. Harrah's, you know, and they did, they would always come to my events. Yeah. You know, regardless of whether or not they actually knew a fighter, they would always, They're fans you know, every them. time I was at Harrah's, every time I was at, you know, um, at the Sands Casino or, you know, wherever, you know, when I was in Arizona, I had a couple of people that always came out. So, I mean, there right. are some, I mean, but, you know, local, local, um, local events, you know, obviously are different than, you know, the bigger platforms. Oh, yeah, without or, a doubt. And you see, you know, it's more local, you know, local fan base driven. No doubt. It is. Like when I match, you know, for the boxing, the amateur boxing shows I put on, the matchmaking is different, but, uh, yeah, you, you matched all the local fighters first, and you work your way out, you know, because right. obviously the further out they are, the fewer people they're going to bring, and, and there's more likely there'll be trouble with travel, so on and so forth. So there's a whole litany of issues that might arise because they're Yeah, you know, it, it, it really away. is. It's like a whole checklist you got to go through, you know. Right. And it, you know, and it, it, it sucks sometimes if, if that's the way it is, Um you know, because there's fight. You know, there's fights. You know, that I would love to have done. You know, years ago, I wanted to with this one against this one, but you know, the logistics of it just weren't. You know, just wouldn't weren't pan out. And then, of course, you always have to deal with the commission. Yeah. You know, you can put a fight together. You know, and you're like keeping your fingers crossed. You put it, you know, up on the system, and then you know, Serb or Limbo, you know, denies you. Like shit. Right. Well, so you're right. So that's part of it. People don't realize this. Now, if I remember correctly, that that restaurant was talking about earlier, there was an, there was an issue with the commission and uh, for whatever reason, but so when you match me up with you, right, we're going to fight. So we, you know, put all in and you'd have to make sure that, you know, it looks like a fair fight. And then ultimately the commission right. could say, well, you know, he's this or she's that they had this injury that they're, they're not a great grappler. This person's world-class grappler, 
So and and so they can deny it, and then you're scrambling. Absolutely. It, right? So you got to yeah, really do your absolutely. homework. Absolutely. Which can make it yeah, difficult. Everything, yeah. yeah, everything you know, as promotion, as promoters and matchmakers, as you do, you know, there's the back end of the mixedmartialart.com website, which you know most people can't see. Yeah. And that back end is where you know we put the fights together, and you know ultimately the the athletic commission has the final say. And that's what a lot of people don't realize. Yeah. You know, when a fight, you know, a fight gets denied, they think it's it's us being mean. It's not us being mean. Yeah. It's you know the commission. And again, it could be one thing where you know, um, you know, the commission says, oh well, you know what, this guy had, you know, this guy had, you know, ten, ten fights over in you know England or yeah. something like you know, which does mean, happen for whatever reason. <laughs> oh, absolutely, right. absolutely. We get, <laughs> you know, I years ago when I was doing the matchmaking for, for the MMA, there was a a guy who had like twenty six fights in Thailand. You know, and he's making his yeah. MMA debut. Well, how the hell is he's going to, unless the guy, you know, he'll probably slaughter his opponent. But we accidentally discovered that and said, whoa, there's no way we're we're serving that other guy to you. You're going to slaughter him. Right. You know, it was. And I, I, I got to wonder about that athlete who wants that advantage that bad. Is that a real win? You know, I don't think so. And no, and, and there's definitely there's definitely fighters out there. They want to, you know, it's, you know. They they want you know to get their hand raised so bad that yeah. they do. You know they're just honest about maybe their belt or how many Muay Thai fights they have or you know they just they they fear so bad losing that they take on a fair opponent. They right. choose so much. You know it's a shame. I mean there's you know, there's some really good guys you know local here. You know I'm going to say Manny, Manny Wallow who's um, a 170 pound pro guy's phenomenal. Phenomenal striking is, you know, his jits is phenomenal, but he's gotten to the point where, unfortunately, he hasn't made it to the UFC. But nobody will fight him mm. yeah. because he is good, you know. So all these other guys, you know, they they want to pick and choose their opponents, yeah. and it's just it's 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 absolutely ridiculous. I mean, I've I've seen so many when I was out in um when I used to match out in Arizona, I used to deal with it a lot um, because it was unsanctioned fights, uh-huh. and so they weren't. And they weren't, you know, in the system. Yeah. And out there, some of these guys could have 30, 40, 50 fights, and you have no idea. And they're trying to fight guys that are debuters. Yeah, <laughs> right, right. I think that, I mean, that, right, and, and it's ridiculous. That guy you would mentioned, I, I used to call it, like, who was a, I'm sorry, I didn't catch his name. I, I, uh, the gentleman you just mentioned, the fighter? Oh, Manny Wallow. Yeah, so he is, so he's a good fighter, and he's kind of in no man's land. Because he's too good for where he's at, and he hasn't quite hit the show yet. So and yeah, and it's it's a shame. And you know him and there's a bunch of them around here. I mean, you know, right. there, there's Sydney Outlaw, there's you know Manny Wallow, um, you know even Sean Santel who's a 125 pound pro. Um, I mean, Sean's got Jesus. Oh, I I forget how many pro fights he's got, but these guys are kind of known to be, you know, really good fighters, and they haven't quite hit that, you know, that mark where they're you know. You know, they're in the UFC, even though all of them should be. But, you know, it's so hard. They're getting fights so few and far between because Mm -hmm. these opponents, you know, want to want to pick and choose. And they're so worried about taking a loss that, you know, they'll they'll sit there and fight bums when, you know, these other guys are sitting on the shelf for a year. Yeah, Look, and you can be that you can be that good and not sort of, for lack of a better word, be discovered and pulled up. Right. Which is a shame, you know. It does, right. it does I mean, you know, I think I think there's, you know, you and I talked about this, I think, like last week about yeah. the, you know, there's so many different fighters now fighting in the UFC where it used to be so like, it was like the the elite. Uh, yes. know, back in like the, 
back in like the Chuck Liddell days. But now I feel like there's something I mean, like I, I watch, you know, UFC and Bellator if it's somebody I know fighting just because there's so many to keep up with. But I feel that there's so many fighters, you know, even just in our local area that really deserve to be at that next level. Yeah. And for whatever reason, whether, you know, their manager, you know, you know, doesn't get along with somebody or the manager's not doing anything or the fighters just, you know, kind of staying low, you know, but there's so many other fighters I feel that have been, should be given that opportunity and they're passed over. Right. Right. Do you think there's room at the higher level for like another, another organization as big as UFC, or do you think they're like the NFL or the NHL or something? And that's it. They're the, they're the end all and be all of MMA. No, I mean, I, I think that there's, you know, it's, you know, again, compared to now and 10 years ago, uh-huh. the number of fighters, and there's always more, you know, everybody wants to be a fighter, you know. Yeah, still going. Um, yeah. So there's more and more fighters, you know, every day that are, you know, climbing the ropes. Um, I mean, is there room for another promotion? Absolutely. Um, you know, Bellator, you know, they, they've they done wrong by, you know, fighters. UFC has done wrong by fighters and yeah. You know, it's you know what it comes down to. It comes down to you know if there's another promotion out there that's got that's got the money to throw. Right. Away. I mean, UFC is ultimately what it cash. comes down to. Yeah, it's right. They're, the money they have is just astronomic. How do you compete with that? You know, you have to have a lot of fu money to, to throw oh, at ab- that absolutely. thing. Absolutely. To yeah. make that happen. But, what, but what's crazy, you know, with the UFC, you would think, you know, people automatically assume that you know every fighter is making you know this killer bank. Not, not at all. Not at all. They're yeah, cutting, they're cutting see, lawns all week. Oh, my God. I think it was um, uh, Claudia. Claudia fought, oh, my God, where was it? In Brazil, maybe? Uh-huh. I think it was in Brazil. And her purse was like, I, I had to, like, do a double take because I was like, oh, my God. It was like, I, I forget. It was like, I mean, don't quote me on this. I'm probably right. way wrong. But it was like 3000 3000 or something. It could be. Something, like, crazy low. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, they're... You know they've got that crazy money, but it's kind of funny how they how they spend it. But you know, I guess that's why you know some of the fighters are kind of getting sick of the UFC, and I know some of them are bouncing over to Bellator and vice yeah. versa. So is there room for another big dog? Absolutely, right. but it Look, just comes down to money. I, I I want to mention this gentleman's name. I know this gentleman who uh, fought Klitschko for the heavyweight title of the world, and he made maybe two hundred fifty five hundred thousand dollars on the fight. Uh, you know, right. and. and um, he lost the fight to Klitschko, and Klitschko was in his prime. And uh, the guy works at a warehouse, like stocking shelves. Now, this guy yeah. fought for the heavyweight time. I mean, that's the elite of the elite and doesn't have a pot to piss in. Uh, right. And even though he had a big bete, and that often happens, too. In boxing, I don't know if it happens as, as much in MMA. A guy comes with nothing, has no money. Boom, a shitload of cash is dropped on the table. They don't know how to manage it, how to control it, because they've never had nothing. And boom, the money's gone. You know, cars, yeah, watches, no, ab- absolutely. women. Absolutely. You know, and, and the other thing is, you know, when, when fighters are get paid purses, I mean, you know, I, I'm pretty sure, as far as I know, with the UFC as well, when they're getting paid a purse, it's, you know, let's just say, Let's say it's five thousand, five thousand. The fighter gets, you know, ten thousand dollars. They've got to give X number of dollars to a manager if there's one. Yeah. The fighter's responsible for paying taxes on that. Oh yeah. And a lot of, you know, a lot of these guys, especially young guys, you know, they don't know about. They don't know anything. You know, about self-employment it. taxes or things like that. So that's <laughs> another whammy. Right. You know that that gets thrown in the mix. You know, and some of these guys, yeah, they, you know, they get these these big paydays, you know, and they they're not, you know, they're they're not good with with you know juggling their money. 
you know, and then on top of it, having to pay taxes. So, uh, yeah, there's a lot of them I know that, you know, one point were making amazing money. Yeah. You know, for whatever reason now, now they're, you know, they're where they're at now. Right. So, so what you have that, that you guys, you're very established in there. What's the dream? Like, what's the dream job in MMA? What's the next step? You know, uh, is there a next step? Is this, uh, you know? Um, I don't know. I mean, you know, all I really honestly want to do, I just want to put together, like, kick-ass fight cards. That's, Right. That's that's all I really want to do. I just want to make sure my, you know, my guys. Oop, you, you know, out. I yeah. want to make sure that they're respected, and yeah. I really just like to put kick-ass fights. And together. you do. Hey, look, no, thank you, Helen. <laughs> I I appreciate. It. We're gonna wrap up here in a couple of seconds, or a couple of minutes here. Hell, you know, I want to thank you, you know, for coming on the show, being a part of Promo Promotions, and 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 everything you've done in the sport in the Philly, New Jersey area, and uh, it's tremendous. Um, if uh, people want to get a hold of us, you can go to primalfightpromotions.com and you can uh, email us. Or if you're a competitor or a fighter, you can fill out the form. You can contact Helen. Helen, if people are looking to fight or get a hold of you for future events, how do they get a hold of you? I'm on Facebook, Helen LaCour. It's L-O-C-U-R-A. Or I'm also on Instagram. It's Helen First Lady of MMA is my user ID on Instagram. There you go. So you want to get a hold of Helen, that's how you do it. You can contact us at Primal Fight Promotions. You can contact me at PrimalGymNJ.com, Facebook, the whole whole kit and caboodle on everything. If you can't find us here, you know, I don't know. I don't know what to tell you. That. Helen, thank <laughs> you. Helen, thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Hang on for a second. And uh, we're out. We'll see you next week. Peace out. You have been listening to Primal Radio in association with Primal Gym and Primal Promotions. Primal Radio is available on all good podcast venues. To help us grow, please subscribe, like it, share it, and leave us a great review.